darlings, Bunny Galore here, the queen of the cult movies, and welcome! You are checking into the Horror Motel. I'm joined by my gorgeous co-host, once again, Alison June-Smith. Hi, Alison! Hello, Bunny. How are you today? I'm very good. I'm very, very good. Very excited. It's Well, it's that special day of the year, isn't it, darling, where roses are red, violets are blue, and severed head is in the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) But enough of my love life. (laughs) (laughs) Which head? Um, Ah! (laughs) How is your head? I've had loads of complaints about mine. Um... <laughs> uh, it is. It is, it is. that that day, it's the day, day of love. Happy right? Valentine's Day, darling. Happy Valentine's Day, my love. <laughs> if you don't want to celebrate Valentine's, everyone, just so you know, uh, February fourteenth is also the day before my birthday. So often, uh, I oh, like to. Uh, happy birthday yeah. for tomorrow, Alison. <laughs> Thank did, you. So you I can just did celebrate not know that. my so birthday. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Fantastic. I don't, I don't drop it a lot, uh, but you know, yeah, it's my it's my birthday on the fifteenth. So, but uh, the day of love, I I mean, as far wow. as love is concerned, I can't think of anything that suits horror uh, any more than the... exactly. I think because if you're not if you're not in love uh, on this day, um, a horror movie without any uh, romantic themes, uh, aliens or something, is a perfect thing to watch. Um, (laughs) Or being teenagers being chopped up by a serial killer. What more do you need? It's so strange Valentine's Day, isn't it? Because I'm very I'm very um, pragmatic about it. That it's supposed to be the day that you tell a secret love uh, that of your intentions, not the one you're actually with at the time so i always get a bit like with you know if i've been in a relationship on valentine's day like well it's not i'll do something silly with them but i'm not like a big oh let's go for a big romantic meal and have flowers like, no it's about it's supposed to be a secret love <laughs> this is my excuse and i'm sticking to it uh, <laughs> that you tell somebody that you that you I fancy did not them know that. yes that's is that the, the that's, whole yeah, basis that's, of valentine's day is yeah. to tell a secret love mm. it's obviously got more and more you know drawn in to yeah, you have to sure. announce how much you love somebody yeah. on Valentine's Day and spend Day. a lot of money and go and to a restaurant a and spend and more. It's, it's like it's like New Year's. It's one yeah. of those, right? It's just been created. Yeah. Hallmark's like, let's get this going. Let's make some money. Let's make some exactly. cards. Let's it's... make them pay more for a three course meal. Let's exactly. give them a chocolate at the end and tell them there's your fifty quid's worth of whatever. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm more likely to give a pineapple to somebody on on Valentine's Day than I am a bunch of flowers, because I think it's yeah. a, it should be, or something homemade or spe- oh, I, and to receive, I prefer something someone's made rather than spent a lot of money on that meant that means something in it rather than something completely ridiculous. So that's my okay. <laughs> that's my opinion. What's you, what do you think? Do you celebrate it? I think so. Well, look, uh, I mean. Danny and I, yeah, I mean, we love each other, but to me, it's like I don't need a day to be reminded yeah, that this person is do of that significance. Every day. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly, every day. Yeah. So I, you know, take it or leave it. Although I do know one couple, and I love this. They're both mm. very talented artists, and so on. You know, leading up like a month before Valentine's Day, they will begin the cards that they're going to make for one another, and they put Aww. so much effort and time and they draw these beautiful valentine's day cards for one another and part of me was like that's special that's that's beautiful 
you know, because they're both artists and they love to do this. Mm. And also, you know, sometimes in their work, they don't get a chance to be that creative soul. So f that they found each other and they both, I, I love it. And their cards that they come up with every year are just so special and so beautiful and so distinctive to them that I'm like, those are things, those are things that you'll keep and remember. And I, so to me, I'm like, oh, that's beautiful. And that's nice. Am I going to put a month's work into something for Danny? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, yeah, no pressure I love now. you so much, Danny. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, it's like, here's like something I crammed yeah, this I'll morning. I'll write a joke about uh, our love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that's true. I'll it's write hard a joke about our love. Yeah, because yeah, that's more on brand, isn't it, I guess? Gosh, that's it. I'm trying to think of anything mm -hmm. crazy I've ever done. Uh, I don't think I have. But I, have, I think I'm pretty romantic, but I am in a very goofy, silly way romantic i think uh but i, I think my romantic side's quite high but i have one friend who is he does amazing things his his romance level is really high and he's he's been proving that lately which i'm so impressed with um taking his new bow to lots of exotic beautiful places and doing really uh, and and in london as well doing some really romantic things which i have to say was like wow that's like full-on you know Ninth level. I would not expect anything less from him, but uh, it's impressive to see and it's glorious to see. So, for I did singles think... out there, just a side note sorry, all the yes. singles out there on Valentine's Day, look, you get to wake up every day and think to yourself, today could be the day. Love could be around any corner. When exactly. you're in love, a lot of days you wake up and you're like, there's the fucking corner again. So, you know what? <laughs> Enjoy your singleness, everyone. Oh. Totally. Yeah. I, I mean, it's kind of. Uh, I'm single at the moment, and I am. Um, and I think to myself, I'm. Uh, I've spent the day recording of this. Um, I've been watching the new mini series by Russell T Davis, uh, called Nolly, which is the the story of Noel Gordon sacking from Crossroads, the soap opera Crossroads Motel, weirdly. And uh, I, you know, and I've been binge watching the the mega box set that I've brought of Crossroads, and thinking I can probably only do this because I have control over the remote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you so control thinking, all, all aspects of your life. Enjoy yeah, exactly. that right I, now. Yes, yeah. I do indeed. And I, I'm an only child. I don't. I don't think I, I. You know, I've been in relationships many times over the years. I've been very lucky. I've been in love, true love, about five or six times in my life. Uh, will I do it again? Hell no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're out. I've had enough true love. <laughs> yeah, I think that's enough now. Tapping out now. Thank you. Night, night. Bye, bye. Um, uh, because I think I generally work better as a individual. Uh, I don't work as well as a couple. Uh, I think I start to um, slide into uh, compromise too much which you have to in a the whole point of relationships yeah. is to compromise but as an artist it's very hard to compromise my life I think <laughs> again yeah. by the time this, having said this by the time this goes out on Valentine's Day who knows things might have changed or it might, I might be you could worse. have fallen in love and I'm yeah. so excited yeah. it's so weird isn't it? I remember doing an anti-Valentine's ball uh, burlesque show uh, a few years ago and they'd hired me particularly be I was joking about the severed head early in the fridge honestly if the police are listening that's a joke um, <laughs> not really Shh, don't look under the floorboards um, it's outside in the shed <laughs> <laughs> yes the motel is covered with the remains of past lovers um, <laughs> I wish I was joking about that really I know sometimes. that was a real evil <laughs> laugh that lingered for <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I wish it was true. Anyway, um, 
so I completely forgot my train of thought. You just started thinking about all the X's and I how did. you want to dismember them. Exactly. Was... Like, yeah, there's a, there's what a... room would I put them in? Where would that I put patio that patio by the swimming pool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's, well, there's room for a pony out there. Um, not that I've dated uh... the pony, but um, a few horses, but uh, not no ponies. Um, so, yes, it, it's one of those weird things. I think I'm much better and more creatively uh, single but you never know what's going to happen particularly you never know what's going to happen um no. oh valentine's ball that's what i was saying the anti the anti valentine's ball severed head that's how i got into that i got distracted by decaying corpses of my ex-boyfriends um <laughs> <laughs> uh what oh, hilarious it was in swindon don't get jealous everybody um and but lovely it was great great fun but i actually stayed oh talking about spooky things we stayed at a very haunted inn and it's one of those it was uh like a a pub with you know like a old-fashioned inn with a courtyard with obviously they would change the horses yes. like type of thing if that makes sense and all the rooms were around this very large courtyard and i knew i was in trouble when the producer and the hotel owner took me to my room very motel energy by the way just saying it's one of the room it looked like the shining in there and I was, you know, key on door. And they went, and I think the hotel owner, were, you know, and also, you know, also if you hear anything weird, don't worry. And the producer went, no, no, don't tell them that just because, um, uh, and I was like, don't finish the sentence there. What do you mean? And the, and the owner went, well, this is one of the most haunted places in the UK. And I was like, okay. And I was like, Thanks. Oh, well, okay, fine. Well, we're at rehearsal in half an hour. Okay, I'll, I'll just put my bags in and then I'll go. Closed the door and, like, put my stuff down and looked around the room and it literally was like The Shining. And I went to open the door and <laughs> my phone rang and I jumped about seven feet in the air. Because <laughs> it was... And with it, my neighbour's uh, motorbike had been stolen at the back of... Here in this house, it uh, had been stolen. And, um, but it was so out of the blue that why she'd be ringing me at that particular point, but it scared the living daylights at me. Flip to later that night, post-show. Show went really well. Um, I kept on hearing footsteps and banging from upstairs. But we'd all come back from the show and, you know, they had a burlesque dancer next to me. You know, I work with burlesque girls all the time. But, you know, you know they, they can be quite crazy or they can be very, you know, talk about the price of fish. But, you know, these ones were a bit crazier. I thought, oh, they must be like, you know, had some boyfriend over and they're having a really good time in this... You know, and the floorboards were very all over the place and it was a really, you know, wibbly-wobbly kind of place because it was old. And I thought, oh, it's so strange. I had so much noise from upstairs. Anyway, went to sleep. Next morning, leaving the hotel. And the hotel, and it, who could have been played by Dawn French, it was that kind of extreme character of um, a country local. And uh, and I said, like, is that weird? Who's, who's in the rooms upstairs for me? And she just looked, she went pale. And she looked at me, oh, oh, actually that's just the attic there's nobody upstairs that and i, I went back to the room because i went to put my suitcase i mean it's right because if you looked around the courtyard the windows are the level of my room and above it is just the roof and i was like oh god now she might have been lying maybe there was some you know <laughs> refugees she's hiding up there sure. i don't know <laughs> but <laughs> sure but, but maybe but it's, not you know, not oh. on 11 o'clock on a saturday night was a bit of a weird time for them to be doing you know the can-can and um yeah. So isn't that weird? So I, I've never really seen ghosts, but I odd little bits and pieces like that have happened to me over the years. Yeah. So I don't know yeah. what to. T I don't know what that was. 
it could have been anything, couldn't it? But um, mm. have you ever had any weird experiences talking of romance on Valentine's Day with ghosts? Yeah, <laughs> right into ghosts. I, I was thinking of, I have two to choose from. I'm going to choose this one because I like this one. So I actually had a um, a night paralysis one time. So <gasps> oh, a lot, of, yeah, a lot of people yeah, talk about this, me. but I had no yeah, idea yeah. what it was. So many years ago when I lived in Toronto and I was living on my own and I was in sleep in bed one night and it was just like my apartment was like, it was just like a one room that I just kind of divided off with some curtains. So it was one room. So I'm sleeping in the bedroom area and across the way is like my TV area that has like my couch. All right. So couch, TV, that kind of space. I'm sleeping in bed, pitch black. And all of a sudden I hear, I hear clear as day and I also get that feeling and I've never had this feeling but it's like when someone enters a room normally you don't notice the feeling because you see the person and you're like oh somebody's there but if you don't see a person but all of a sudden you feel the presence of someone like I had never had that happen before so I heard someone stand up from my couch I heard footsteps walk around and I felt my bed go down on the other side. Now, I was frozen. I've never had things like this happen before. So this is not, you know, like... Wow. And I was frozen. I felt the bed go down. And I, I wanted to move, but, like, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. And then I felt like somebody put their hand on my chest. And it was like somebody leaned over me. Wow. And I was like, oh, my God, I couldn't move. I couldn't move. And then I just heard this woman's voice say... You and your sister are one. And then it was like a couple minutes, and then all of a sudden I could like move again, and everything was, and I was like, what the fuck was that? And it really threw me, because I had never had anything like that. Cut to a month later, I go and I do this show in a place called Newfoundland in Canada. Very Irish descent, very, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm in this shut-in, it's after hours, the pub's locked up. And someone starts talking about ghost experiences. And I was like, oh, I had this experience. And I was like, it was late at night and someone got into bed. And it was like a classic movie where like you hear the record scratch. And it was like everyone stopped and everyone turned and looked at me. And this guy just went, you had a visit from the old hag. The old (gasps) hag came to see you. Now, apparently what it is. Gosh. So sleep paralysis is that state between awake and sleep. But the theory is. In paralysis, you are visited by the old hag or an old witch. And mm. normally they have like some sort of pet that sits on your chest. Yeah. So you cannot move. And they said, and if you don't listen to what the old hag tells you, she'll keep coming back until you hear her words. Wow. And I was like, I remember what she said to me. I still don't know what you and your sister are one means. But that is an experience that I'll never forget because I truly had it. It completely occurred. And the more and more I read about it, a lot of people go through. So it is sleep paralysis, but like, anyway, that was my scariest moment that I ever had in time. There we oh, go. Oh, yep. my goodness. That's like the amazing story. So, I, well, I've heard this before. Ooh. I remember hearing it for the first time in the 90s. And it was, uh, it's, I've only ever heard it like a friend of a friend. So I always put it down to being a bit urban myth-like. And I love an urban myth. But uh, I've always been obsessed with that. But I always put it down to urban myths because I didn't really ever knew anybody that had it themselves. So this is the very first time, gentle listeners, that I've ever heard it one-to-one. 
That's really interesting. What I find the other most interesting about it is like if you're going to either hallucinate it or uh, uh, people uh, through all these stories, you would think the person would be, it wouldn't be the same vision that you, they people or feel the or see the old hag with a so, yeah, yeah. yeah and the old hag thing is like well why is it why is it always the same if it because mm-hmm. it's not like it's a it's not like a demon or a devil or it's not um it's yeah. not particularly an archetypal thing that i've heard of anywhere apart from this story yeah and but obviously i, I thought it was a story before because i'd not known anybody that had it happen to them so this is fascinating Alison we probably should get on with the film review in a minute oh, we I don't should, care, we should. but I don't care yeah. because I've enjoyed this far too much there we go darling yeah. so if, if you're single on Valentine's Day I hope we completely uh, made you forget about that because distracted you distracted yeah. you if you if you don't like the idea there but are worse to... things out there the old hag listen to oh. it <laughs> <laughs> and we're not talking about bunny galore just saying before anyone does the joke it's not bunny galore uh, it's Bunny Color, obviously. She's the whole hag. Um, <laughs> 74 no. and still going. Um, <laughs> so talking about the 90s, <laughs> weirdly. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, the film I was going to bring to the motel this week is Bram Stoker's Dracula, the Francis Ford Coppola-directed Dracula. Um, now, I'm a huge vampire fan. I'm a massive Dracula fan. I love the 1931 Bela Lugosi one. I love the Christopher Lee 1958 one. My favourite is the 1979 Frank Langella one with Laurence Olivier, but that's for another time, I'm sure. But because, weirdly, and I can't believe this because I'm 103 myself, it is the 30th anniversary of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Can you believe that, Alison? Is it the 30th or the 20th? The 30th. Yes, it was 1993. 1993 oh is 30 God. years old. And in the US, it was released late 1992. Uh, I think a, probably Novemberish, I guess, maybe around Halloween. Uh, but for some weird reason, it didn't come out in the UK till the 29th of January. And I, and that's weird because I associate it with a particular time in my life. I was living in Southampton at the time and I went to see it at the uh, Ocean Village, oh, I've forgotten that name until this second, uh, cinema down by the quayside in Southampton. I also saw Jurassic Park there because that came out at 93 as well while I was living for a short time in the beginning of 93 in Southampton. And then I went to drama school in late 93, so the, the rest of it's in Guildford. Uh, so funny, you can just, you know, those tent poles of where you were living or what you were doing. Usually I have the tent poles of what shows I'm doing now, but uh, for that period, I knew where I was. So, yeah, I, and I think, and I always remember it being very romantic. And it's because I think it really became extremely romantically linked because it was released near Valentine's Day in the UK. Yes. So unintentionally, yeah. it's got a massive, uh, you know, uh, more erotic, uh, romantic themes going through it than some of the other movies have. Apart, the Frank Langella movie is pretty romantic, but it's not really sexualized. It's still quite repressed. Um, yeah. This is sexualized and romantic. So because it came out before Valentine's Day, I think it, in the UK, it's always kind of reminded, remem- reminded, remembered for those reasons. So it's a great all-star cast movie. Uh, something it, ca- it comes about apparently because uh, Winona Ryder, who stars as Mina Harker, um, brought the script to Francis Ford Coppola during a meeting after her pulling out of The Godfather Three. This is something I did not know until I research- started research on this film, um, and 
to make up with him because she'd had to pull out because of uh, just exhaustion and uh, whatever was happening in her life at the time. Medical uh, reasons, I med- believe. Medical reasons. I don't, yeah, medical we're doing air quotes, aren't we? We're both doing the same air quotes. Medical Burnout. reasons. She had shoplifted yeah. too yeah. much, too hard, too soon. Exactly. No. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, I think looking back at her life at that point, it's funny looking back, it was obviously things were escalating out of control for her in just everything too fast too soon and probably you know um and but i love the fact she takes back the control there because i what i hate about what they how they treat women in hollywood is to always if they're slightly if they are strong-willed they're labeled as problematic and if Mm -hmm. they stand up for themselves they're labeled a bitch and um and if and if they're young they're labeled as um drug addict tearaway I'm not saying she was taking drugs, but they're kind of painted as flawed. Uh, if that was a guy doing that, they would never do that to a guy. Um, yeah. So, so I love the fact she, but she, she was classy enough to have this meeting with Francis Ford Coppola, and just in conversation went like, "Oh yeah, what are you working on now?" So, well, you got the script by, by this guy, and um, he it's a very different take on it. And when he saw the title of the of the script. Dracula, it meant a lot to him, as I think it does to a lot of us, really. So uh, they end up making the movie, longer story short, and it's a massive all-star cast. He puts a lot of money into the costumes and the way it's shot. Originally, he wanted to make, and it's very stylized the way it's shot. I think ev- yeah. I could talk for hours about every single frame of every setup of this film, because I'd forgotten how good it was until I saw it again. Yeah. Oh, rats on the ceiling to like whatever oh goodness to uh, lucy's costumes and so it's beautiful um and an all-star cast i think at the weirdly at that point in cinema history gary oldman as dracula is probably the lesser well known of everybody star billing yeah. wise so you've got yeah. keanu reeves as, John- as jonathan harker by the way jonathan harker uh, keanu reeves i should say gets a lot of shtick for his voice um accent i don't have a problem with him particularly I don't find it that bad. I think he's a little bit stiff. Yes, sure. But if you compare him to Colin Clive in Frankenstein, he's very stiff because he's doing an RP accent. He's American doing RP. So it's like, well, maybe Colin actually might be English. Anyway, he's very stiff. So that kind of playing the the uh, lead in a in a horror movie of that ilk, they were quite rigid and uptight. And I think it plays quite nicely off Gary Oldman being, you know, sort of very full-blooded as Dracula. Uh, yes. Winona Ryder is, of course, um, Mina Harker and, uh, oh gosh, uh, I didn't realise to re-watching um, who was playing the three uh, love interests of Lucy. Uh, uh, Billy Campbell, uh, f- who played Luke on Dynasty, the original Dynasty, which I had a crush on so much. He was Stephen's boyfriend on Dynasty. Oh my goodness. I'm still in love with him now. Um, just so um so beautiful um and uh, richard e grant is there which is amazing um and oh carry alls i know carry alls i seriously i'm still in love with my love I, my uh, love i mean from uh, princess bride oh you know fell in love with him oh uh, yeah. yes there yeah. was a movie he did just before that here with rupert everett called another country it's a very romantic gay movie and uh, yeah, I fell in. It's a bit like um, uh, so the Oscar Wilde movie um, with <laughs> he's in the holiday and um, and plays Alfie. And yes, anyway, him. Um, oh, it'll come back to me in a second. Um, 
anyway, uh, it's just such... Uh, Sadie Frost as Mina as well is one of the... Uh, this was, I think she was fairly young when she did this, and she takes that role and <laughs> she runs with it. Anthony Hopkins as uh, Van Helsing is on a different planet, yeah. I think. Uh, so great. Yeah. I think because they got to they got to rehearse before they shot it, so I think by the time they shoot it, it's it, you feel like they've been doing it for quite. It feels like they're filming a stage play that's been going for a year. It, everybody's inhabiting the characters and experimenting quite a lot. For something so big budget, it feels quite experimental in the way it's shot, in the way it's acted, the costumes, the makeup looks incredible. Do you remember when you first saw this, Alison? I do. So I saw it in a theater. So I went, this was a theater C and Mm. I dragged my two best friends at the time, Jessica and Janice, who had no interest in horror movies whatsoever. And I think they made fun of it the whole time, but I was just so in love with it because it was so beautiful. Like just the colors. And, and I didn't realize, like you mentioned before, he made a choice to really focus on Mm. costumes. No, I didn't. They were like, look, yeah. It shows a real tendency of going over budget. Right? He was an over-budget yes. guy. So to ensure that they didn't go over-budget, he said, look, we'll do all the filming on Sound Studio. So yeah, can you believe that? I, didn't, I did not know this. And no. Yeah, it's mad. Isn't no. it? It doesn't, a lot of it, it doesn't look like it's inside, does it? Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. when you're the running of the, the horses. Are... Yeah. Like all of it. It was, it was, and even the beginning, when they're showing the initial, <coughs> excuse me, the initial war, the fact that they did just like shadows, Sh- so it was like shadow, shadow people the and the, yes. oh, I thought that was such a brilliant, so good, isn't it? we don't need complicated sh- Sometimes we just need the basics to go, okay, and get us to here. And I just thought it suited everything so beautifully. Like it was yes. it, Watching it again, I was like, just gobsmacked at how beautiful it was. Mm. Um, and the casting at that time, I mean, I don't think I really understood. Like, because, you know, we had met Wynonna. But this is Wynonna's first role to becoming a woman. So she had gone from child yes, actress. you're right. This is, it is why isn't she it? chose yes. the script. Mm. It was her transitional. Mm. And you can really feel that energy off of her and Lucy because they're like these... These young, look, it's all about sex at this age, right? Those Mm. girls are probably like 17, 18 in theory, you know? Yes. And so, like, throughout the movie, you just feel this sexual desire off these girls. These girls are like, they are ready to bang. Like, you know, (laughs) nobody has touched them. Nobody's, you know, nothing nasty behind, uh, you know, no back alley romance. You know, the most that Winona has done it, Mina and and him have kissed. So it's like you feel this Mm. sexual urge from these young girls who are like, just touch me. And and (laughs) watching it again, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is palatable. Like I could feel it. Whereas at that point, I think I was in that stage myself. So I was like connecting with it. I was like, I want to be bitten by a vampire. You bet I do. Like it was, uh, yeah. Bite me. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I think looking at it now as an adult, I appreciate it even more. Mm. Whereas I think at that time I was like relating to it. Oh, no, I, I agree. Yeah. By the way, I think I realized that rewatching it for this review was uh, it, in those days. I, was, I think I used to think of myself as Mina or, or Lucy. And um, yeah. now I just feel like I'm Gary Oldman in the castle with the, with the white uh, double <laughs> bun wig on. <laughs> All right. You know, you have a little epiphany. About ten minutes I'm one of the vampire's brides who's yeah. like, let me suck oh, on the young guy's the blood best. now, yeah, right? Always, whatever version of Dracula you're doing, 
from the 31 version they look amazing but the brides always look incredible that's the only thing weirdly with the 1979 Frank Langella one they they actually start from the arrival of Dracula in Car- to Carfax Abbey in in, in um, uh, Whitby they start at the at the ship uh, they and yeah. they and they cut the Dracula's castle section where Jonathan Harker goes to Transylvania whether this version not only do they have the Jonathan Harker in Transylvania they've added that prefix of the backstory for the first time as far oh. as I remember yeah uh, uh, I think there might be a Christopher Lee version of Dracula that's filmed in Spain where he's he looks more like Vlad the Impaler rather than his normal hammer horror Dracula. So I think that's more yeah. of a, a book version of Dracula. But he looks more sort of like Vlad the Impaler. Um, this is the first time we've had a backstory, so which they've they've have this reincarnated version of uh, Mina's the reincarnation of uh, Elizabeth, um, obviously drawing on Countess Dracula there and. Uh, the Elizabeth Bathory um, story uh, as his, his as his wife and she commits suicide because by throwing herself from the tower because she thinks he, he's been killed in battle he hasn't been killed in battle and he swears uh, against everything unholy to he will search yeah. for her and I think so I, and I love that I love that opening Me scene. Me too. It's so glorious, I loved it. it for all the reasons you yeah. said, and for the and for the through line. At the time, I, it was a bit of a shock, I think, because it was it was new. It was an added on piece to the law, and I'm very yeah. precious about certain. If you can tell, um, certain subjects. Uh, Alice in Wonderland. I hate anyone tinkering with that. Stand the um, the movies they did a few years ago, the um, uh, Tim Burton ones, uh, because it's like you know it just went too far away from the book uh and, and wizard of oz you know i've kind of come round to wicked now finally but i was i hated it for years just because like no no wizard of oz everything else no um so i'm a little bit uh precious about certain classics like that i'm a bit easier going now i think uh so now i love that opening scene but it was a bit of a shock at the time going um excuse me uh what are you doing there um but then they have some wonderful touches but i think it really did add to it it, yeah, it really, really added it. it brought us all on board right yes. so i always feel like you know like if i tell a joke sometimes i like to um i do two tags this is awful so i'll tell a joke and then i'll do my first kind of like punchline but sometimes I'll do a second punchline or a second tag to kind of like bring some of the slower yeah. people on board so what I <laughs> <Yeah>. think <laughs> right I think round this up movie, everybody that just round pre- up the audience yeah are we all on the same page so I think that little pre-story actually did a great job of setting up okay here's all Vlad the Impaler all the background yeah so that's why I, I loved it too I thought it was great but um, I also so think it yeah, brings and... um, I, so I think I must have read a bit of a review lately where it was saying it's the underwritten stuff that you couldn't you couldn't write sexualized stuff at that point so it's therefore any, any versions past that have left that out because they're being true to the book but it's the bits that are left out because you can't you couldn't talk about sexualization of women particularly yeah. at that point so it, the, the the biting that's why it became such a, a romantic image from the Bella Lugosi version onwards because he you know it's a it's a beautiful man coming into your bedroom at night and and sort of like kissing you and biting you on the neck whether you couldn't show that in the cinema back then let alone you know he kind of lunges out of <laughs> out of shot uh yeah. and you don't see anything you know and uh, even in the christopher lee hammers there's some things i think the first one it's cut is it the prince of darkness or the, the, the first one uh the, i can't remember if it's the first or second hammer dracula is um 
he they, they've cut a scene where he kind of just closes the door but it makes it look 10 times more sexy rather than actually seeing him lunge at her uh because it looks like yes. they're gonna have sex rather than actually he's gonna bite her so um so this was certainly the first on-screen lust more lustful i think going on and it's yes, just absolutely full-blooded and glorious you've got that amazing uh score as well and you've got um annie Lake's song uh love song for a vampire is that the right title? Yeah, Love Song for a Vampire uh, at the end, which is, uh, I remember being Storm in the Charts at the time. So it really reminded me of such a, a fun time of my life. And I've seen the film many, many times since. I'd watched it so many times that I hadn't actually watched it in a little while. So it was really lovely to go back to it here. And I, I think I appreciated it a thousand times more. I, I think it... Yeah. Do, you, do you feel it, it actually started the steampunk movement single-handedly was it just me because <laughs> i suddenly went, i think everybody wanted to dress like a victorian from this period onwards it suddenly became yeah. so fashionable didn't it to be have that a corseted uh a bodice and kind of a full skirt uh where i don't think that was in fashion before it's you know especially for weddings and things like that i don't think it was even a thing then and guys getting and then obviously cemented more with interview the vampire that came along in 94 yeah um yeah isn't that weird it's kind of literally i think that single-handedly started that whole trend of steam i would agree but again how could it not i mean we looked Mm. if you just look at those costumes i'm starting to go on about it again but like like you said lucy's like the scene where they're where they go out into the garden and she gets you know you know bitten and kind basically humped by the uh werewolf (laughs) slash vampire slash like you know they they're doing it outside it's it literally it's bestiality actually there yes. for yeah. a bestiality scene to occur in a movie it was <laughs> well, extreme, pretty yeah, spectacular yeah because yeah. when we look at it i it didn't dawn on me but i was like actually that is yeah, that is bestiality yeah, is exactly. and they did it in such a classy way not that i'm saying <laughs> bestiality is classy or that it can be but in that particular scene but I even love too when he as the wolf kind of character says no you don't see me like yes. that was an interesting even there's he a couple didn't... of really good new lines in that that's one of my new favorite lines obviously you've got the classics like the children of the night what music they make and uh, yeah. I, I never drink wine um but the, that that you don't see me and also it's on the trailer i'd never noticed on the trailer weirdly you see the close-up of gary oldman saying it. in the film it's it's a close-up on uh, winona Ryder. funny enough which is like i have crossed oceans of time to find you which is a new line for the movie and i think yeah it, I th- apparently it's what gary oldman sold wanted That's to play the role for, for that for that role for that line itself and yeah. it's not hard. I think that was, it's kind of, I think a big multi-star blockbuster romantic movie. Again, I, I think you can still th- see things like Titanic being echoed, um, get, having echoes of Dracula in it because it's it's yeah. not uh, that dissimilar in a weird way. It's a classic tale, very romantic new version of it. And I think you can still see it for the rest of the 90s being echoed. It's hard oh. to do well obviously because um it you know it's a bit of lightning in the bottle but with those both those films i think it captures it perfectly um i wish i could remember who when you said um you went with you remembered who you went with i can't remember i can always remember what cinema i saw films at and when i saw them but i can never remember who i went with obviously that's lost in the ether of time isn't it i think possibly because i've seen them so many times since i just remember the film and i might remember something about the building i was in at the time um 
all the time of my life but I, I never remember who I see films with which is annoying um uh, I don't know why. Uh, that is. Obviously... I can't even remember what I ate, but anyway, I won't get into that. <laughs> I can remember the food I ate while watching the movie. Um, a few interesting facts. I'm sure you know this, but yes. I looked up some other stuff about this. So, um, Keanu Reeves was not the first choice. In mm. fact, it was a running between Christian Slater, who turned it down, and then mm. also Johnny Depp, who was Miss Winona Ryder's boyfriend at the time, Johnny Depp. But they decided to go with uh, Keanu Reeves, Canadian actor. Thank you. Everywhere you look, it says American. Keanu's Canadian. Just so you know everyone as a Canadian. Love him. I need to point that out. Mm. Uh, Yes, he got lambasted for his performance. People hated his accent. They hated what he did. I liked it because I thought he came across as a little naive, a little amateur. You know what I mean? And I thought that suited the I think the the RP accent's actually actually. really good. But I think he's concentrating so hard on the accent, which is actually really good. It's not like a Dick Van Dyke cockney, which is also weird, isn't it? Because Dick Van Dyke does two characters in Mary Poppins. He does the bank, uh, the owner of the bank, which is RP, perfectly, because he's in heavy makeup. You don't recognize him. And then as Dick Van Dyke as the uh, sweep, uh, chimney sweep, um, chimney sweep yeah. he has that is not very good. I don't think it's a bad accent that Keanu's doing. I think it it's so rigid, <laughs> however, because he's yeah. scared of what he's saying. Yeah. But then again, exactly, I think that plays into a young, naive, kind of uptight character. Um, yeah. I think that's possibly what maybe it was a bit out of his range at the time, perhaps. But I, I don't, I don't hate it as much as other people do. I no, think perhaps, I perhaps to fine. American ears that because he'd played, uh, you know, he'd what he'd done before. He'd done My Own Private Idaho probably, and what else had he done up to that point? He'd done quite oh, teeny, you know, yeah. young young roles and American yeah. roles. Again, this imagine. was a, a a transitioning into adult as well. Yes, so yeah, for both was. of them, I think this was their their mm-hmm. transitional film. Uh, apparently, uh, Gary Oldman and Winona did not get along. They no, did not no, get along didn't. during the no. filming. Although apparently in uh, rehearsals they got on okay, and then something changed. I mean, I mean that's all happened. right down on a postcard, boys and girls. What possibly might have that been caused by? But um, it, <laughs> it, it kind of makes you go, oh, okay, I wonder what happened there. And then they yep. did not get... Apparently they get on fine now. They're absolutely fine now, but yeah, then... Yeah, but at the time it was you know treacherous they did not get along so that was interesting to know that in the Mm. filming um oh i wrote down a couple other things that i didn't want to uh forget real quick uh interesting facts uh coppola when he was directing i guess um the scene with the uh the wives getting naked he was too bashful so many people were too bashful during the recording to actually mm. ask the women to remove the clothing. They had to ask one of the stagehands. <laughs> Even though the women had agreed to it ahead of time, they were like, yeah, sure, no problem. We'll get naked. But he was he was mortified yes. to ask. So one of the young stagehands had to say, like, could you disrobe now? And the women were like, yeah, let's do it. We agreed to it. So I thought that was cute. He also, during intimate scenes with uh, Winona, when she got all intimate with the, with the, the vamp, uh, he started to he encouraged the cast and other people to yell things at her in between like you're a whore you're a this and I think Winona that really hit on her and Keanu was the only one who said I will not be a part of this I am not so Keanu during the filming people you know the cast and that would be saying things to her to make her feel because in this time and age mm. I mean they were trying to create the illusion of like oh you'd never do this and this is um, and I think that kind of did a number on Winona at a young age. But she always said, I remember Keanu Reeves would not be a part of that mm-hmm. 
kind of like Coppola technique of keeping them in the the frame of mind. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I think uh, also he, I think with some of this, with the lesbian scene kiss, very chaste that it is, between Winona and Sadie Frost, I think there's an acting coach that he went through as a third party about that as well. Um, Yeah. So it he was felt very, bit, very inexperienced with it's, sexual it, stuff. Yeah, he, yeah. It seems like he was being actually very gentlemanly when it came to that stuff, and then other things that he's kind of like obviously methody. But I think because they had a lot of maybe because they rehearsed it so much, maybe they rehearsed some of it out of the system. So he was trying to keep it fresh by quite visceral kind of like uh, that. I, I don't agree with that particularly, but. Uh, to, to engage a reaction because perhaps they got a bit stale perhaps by the time they're doing the sure. 18th take sure. and they've been rehearsing for weeks and it's kind of maybe it kind of because uh, some people would much I think Gary Alban and, and Anthony Hopkins were very experimental by that point on camera and because um, I think that when he I'm pretty sure I remember when Anthony Hopkins first meets Mina he he sweeps her off her feet and dances with her and that wasn't scripted because if yeah. you look behind no. Uh, him, uh, Richard E. Grant is actually laughing and covering his face, <laughs> which I thought was, which I'd never noticed oh, wow. to this version. I went, oh yeah, it really is a, uh, obviously that take, obviously I think they must have cut straight after because she probably laughed and they cut to a close up. Yeah. But, um, but I just also to- love that Mina was so quickly like taken away, right? She like at first was like, no, do not speak to me anymore on the street. And then all of a sudden, yes. you know, he gets to her. And then she like ends up going to the, that cinema movie and there's like naked girls on screen and that's when they start to dance. Then the wolf appears and he's yes. like, pet my wolf. And then from the moment of pet my wolf, she was in. Cut to the next scene where they went out when they did absinthe. Look, I'm telling you, when I saw that absinthe <laughs> scene, all I wanted to do was have the absinthe. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I, I just really want to try sucking on a sugar yes. cube and drinking some absinthe. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's how he gets her. He seduces her. Yeah. I think, and I only learned this a couple of days ago. Was there's a? Oh, I'd forgotten about it. There's a. It, it's. I think it might be to do with an edit because it was a longer. I think it was a much longer film originally, and test screenings ah. didn't prove too popular, so they cut it. I can't remember how much they cut out of it, and I can't remember if I've even seen the deleted scenes. Maybe I have now maybe mm, uh, I'm not sure if they're on the Blu-ray or DVD even Um, there's some great makings I used to have the VHS making of it was that popular before it came out on VHS they brought out on VH a half hour tape a making of which was so popular at the time isn't that weird to think that I would love to see that yeah but I think I'm sure the makings is on the DVD but it was still I I remember because it had the grey cover with like the gargle kind of um artwork of, of like a do- knock a door knocker but it's kind of like that uh, that was the cover of the of the making of um but i think there's things that are missing that you you and that's why that relationship seems to accelerate quite quickly because i'm sure that yeah, so stuff, quickly you're like yeah, there's, number there's one he grabs her he dances then they do absinthe yeah. then they're in love like it was yeah. pretty quick but or there might be I other scenes with other people that are missing they've taken out subsidiary characters scenes yeah. so suddenly it seems very quick that they're suddenly going yeah. to the next date I think maybe or things are being amalgamated so it's also a little that. confusing with the um so Keanu is an accountant who gets sent to Dracula as he's buying property in London mm. and uh, what was it Ren Renfield Renfield who that's is Renfield the, yes yeah the um accountant before Keanu and the first time I watched it I remember that storyline got a little confusing to me that he went mad and he was in an asylum it just it, it, so yes, I feel I'm with you there were normally... definitely scenes that were 
cut out. Yes, yes. Uh, Renfield is. That's always the story of Renfield. That he's been. He's. Uh, he's. I think he'd already visited Dracula in Transylvania, and had kind of lost his mind when he came back to. He's not normally in <laughs> a cell. I don't think he's just either wandering around a bit crazy, or he's been looked up. But he's not normally that crazy at that point. He does. Yeah. I think he ends up being committed. Uh, halfway through the movie but he doesn't start like that as far as I remember anyway um, and that's why Jonathan Harker has to go out and that's and that's why he is just kind of finalising the details and he's only buying yeah. Carfax Abbey one venue not nine around the around the whole of London yeah. which I don't think is ever really explain why it's all established why yeah. no there's so many moments mm. where you're like eh, it's irrelevant mm. let's keep on going so, you, so i agree there be. probably was yeah there's, i'd love there's to a... see all the cutouts to get the yes, full story wouldn't that be great if story. they did a re-release Ooh. oh my god if they did a I'm re-release amazed they've not with... done that actually i'm amazed they've not... maybe because it would have to be rescored perhaps perhaps it was scored oh shorter god, we'd all watch it though i'd yeah. watch it well it got amazing. another cinema release uh, at the end of last year um to celebrate the 30th anniversary i i limited one in the uk but um, I would have I kind of kick it myself now that I didn't see it on the big screen so oh, definitely one of my favourite movies of all time uh, it is quite grandiose and it is very operatic let's call it operatic so yes. Alison yeah. where do you think yes. uh, you would put uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula in the horror motel now I thought long and hard about this because I was like well you know honeymoon sweet okay but we've got a lot there and then I really started to think about it and I was like oh no 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 you know where I would check in this movie mm-hmm. I'm checking this movie into the bridal suite Ooh. because yeah I thought this is all about the pre-marriage the pre-sex lust that yes. pre the desire the things you are not allowed it's what the unknown that drives this whole film and I thought the honeymoon I mean the honeymoon suite is about love the bridal suite because it's the technical purpose of a bridal suite and a, not all motels have it but we have a bridal <laughs> suite in our motel the bridal suite technically is a room where you prepare physically and mentally <sighs> to say I do. Ooh. It's where the bride relaxes as much as she can before the big day. And I thought this whole movie is based around before Lucy gets married, Lucy finding who she's going to get married to, Mina getting married to Jonathan, but then falling in love with someone else. And I thought, you know what? This whole movie is the bridal suite, in my opinion. This <laughs> is, is the, like, is. what goes on in your urges in your mind before. So I am checking... Bram Stoker's Dracula uh, into the bridal suite. That yeah. is a genius idea. I love that. And uh, up to now, I've just been like Miss Havisham in that bridal suite in my rotting wedding dress and decaying wedding cake. So I'm glad to have yeah. some. <laughs> we're going to have to, yeah, we've got to tidy to it up. Company. It's got a resident um, now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's what I've been doing. I think that's a glorious idea. What a beautiful place to put it. I think it is, <laughs> if you haven't seen it before, boys and girls, go and see it because it is just uh. the the modern classic. And it's weird to call it modern still because I don't think anything has really come near to it since to be honest it's still one of the greatest horror movies of all time and it's much more than just a horror movie it's a very romantic emotional journey it's a feast for the eyes Uh, is it one of your favorite movies Alison I'm gonna say you know I 
when I, you were like, oh, we'll do this. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, great. But rewatching it again, I got to say, there are elements of this movie that I, I don't think I found in others. I, I think as we mm. move on with horror movies, we forget sometimes about, like you said, the pageantry, the operatic yes. feel. It was just such a, a breathtaking movie. And, you know, again, you can criticize certain performances, but if you just look past it and you get into the movie itself... I'm going to say it's up there as one of my mm. one of my all times. Yeah, I'm going think, to have to say throughout my life. Yeah, yeah I think it reinvents yeah. uh, vampire movies. Uh, we wouldn't have uh, interview the vampire, obviously, Anne Rice's books. Absolutely not. Out, but, yeah, but as filmically interview the vampire without it, uh, we wouldn't have the Twilight film movies. Funny enough, the, the, in, when it came out in America in '92, the other thing that reinvents vampires is Buffy the Vampire Slayer the movie that came out in 92 obviously the series didn't start for another five six years but uh so <laughs> it was the place to be <laughs> so that's fantastic it kicked off our love of vampires yeah 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 <laughs> so, so, so there we go happy Valentine's Day to all our lovely listeners have a wonderful time today if you're listening it's on Valentine's Day if you're not then who cares <laughs> go watch Dracula yeah. <laughs> go watch Dracula enjoy your life Life and, and go do something for you. Be in love with yourself, right? That's what we're supposed to be encouraging. Yeah. And for our next film, we had a little talk off uh, off mic uh, that perhaps we should do something modern next time. Uh, Alison, what do you think we should review next time? Well, I'd like to say I remember, but oh, uh, <laughs> actually, my is gone. What did we? What that's, did we decide? Fulcra, Give those... me a hint. Well, she's she's yay high. She's got a blonde hair. She runs off batteries. <laughs> oh yeah brand new just come out is it mary is it martha no we're gonna review megan <laughs> <laughs>